This is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, Season 8, Episode 39. I'm John DiCarlo. Another lineup change this week. Javon Edmonds back in the fold with us again. Declan Landis, Ramir Vaughn, and Caden Steele are with us. Kyle Gauss could not make it this week. No Johnny's Wizlack. Declan is already letting Johnny know that his time with Al Scoop has been short-lived. That's Johnny, <laughs> budget cuts. Johnny, budget. don't believe that. Don't believe that. So uh, happy to have everybody back. But for the most part, we miss miss Kyle, miss Johnny. What's going on, guys? How are you? Um, I'm running on fumes right now. I think I've only been awake for a total of three hours today. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's I got that going on, but I'm fine. Didn't your trusted yeah. friends pick you up at the train station? Yes, they did. Very nice um, of them. I appreciate it. Good kids. Yeah, they are. When they also, good eggs. no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Great friends. Dak would influence them to get milkshakes. And they oh, no. He didn't even give what happened. You did? I did. And, uh... You know, I just feel bad for all the roommates who had to deal with the smell of those toilets this morning. Look, milkshakes at one thirty is just don't project your lactose intolerance on us. I am just fine. This is a Temple Sports podcast. I'm gonna try to keep things uh, above board and professional here, as we always do. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, not that I haven't talked about being somewhat lactose intolerant before. We literally last week enjoyed a nice uh, meal at Raising Cane's last night. Yes, I was told. Delightful. Nice to John's the, the cool professor around here. According to sources. We'll see. <laughs> uh, how's everybody's week going? Not that I didn't see most of you last night. Um chilling. School work. That's all I pretty much do. So that's it. Armir is just solely focused on the NFL draft right now. Yes, I'm locked in. <laughs> very, very locked in. Very locked in. Caden, anything new since we saw each other last night? Nothing new, but like everyone else, I got a milkshake. No, Javon didn't get one, but Declan did convince me. Like he convinced a lot of people. Then he tried You're to back welcome. It, and then he tried to back out. But other than that, it was a good night. Wait, where are these milkshakes from again? Wawa. Wawa. Oh. Man, okay. man. Okay. <laughs> Which Wawa did you go to? South Philly. The one on Columbus Boulevard. Going all the way down there? Yes. Road there's trip. One, there's one closer. There's one over by the uh, by the art museum, sort of. Yeah, we closer. were already kind of downtown. So oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we're off to a, a thrilling, exciting start already talking about milkshakes, Wawa, Javon's return. Do have a lot of stuff to get into for you guys this week, as we always do. Some more transfer portal news for basketball. Pretty full mailbag. A couple of audio clips for you. Uh did happen to talk to Matteo Piccarelli, Temple's newest basketball edition. If you're an Alscoop.com subscriber, you can get that full interview on the site also talked to will johnston this week from ut rio grande valley uh, a player the temple is recruiting out of the transfer portal again if you're an alscoop.com subscriber you get access to that full interview talk about him in a little bit uh famous number 39s guys what's on your mind who comes to mind uh kermit alexander 
Who? Declan, you don't even try. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to break the here. You said and that like you were Declan reciting landed. it off of a flashcard in like fifth grade. Yes. No, so, so, no. No, let me go ahead and ruin this for Declan because I'm-, I'm little... It's my second episode. No, 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 you're no, shouting. You, you, you gotta, <laughs> I'm upset. But Declan, you've got to at least try without Google before you start using the Google name. I had one, but I wanted to save it for you guys. Who's Kermit Alexander, though? Kermit Alexander uh, is an American former professional football player who was a defensive back in the National Football League. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm sure you knew that vibe. You sound like Chris Young yesterday. Correcting his no. job. That's not true. He went. To, he played for the Niners, the Rams, and the Eagles. Play for the Eagles, guys. Come on. Okay. Javon, what do you think of? You usually have an obscure Olympic number. Not for 39. The Olympic numbers only go from 1 to 50. Oh, Dwight Howard, the Lakers, his second runner. And the Sixers as well. That's that what was I was going to say. Too. Yeah. I got two. Steven Jackson when he was with the Rams okay. and Brandon Browner when he was the cornerback with the Seahawks during the Legion of Boom. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think of I think of Curtis Enos when I think of number 39. Played for the Bears. Sort of unseated my friend Aaron Harris as a running back at Penn State. And Aaron's brother... Arlen Harris, who was an NFL running back, his son is now a running back at Downingtown East and was on campus a couple weeks ago. Temple's recruiting him, so a little bit of uh, full circle stuff there. I don't want to. I don't want to. Declan, we should say that, like, if we're all being honest, yes, I think Javon and Kyle and I, in past podcasts, I think Caden probably doesn't use the internet as much as we do. Caden, I think, does try to do his best, and then. We'll kind of when when the list is kind of wearing thin, we'll we'll look around a little bit. But Declan just at the same time, Declan, I will tell you, like you sounded like an overanxious kid in school who was like, I want to go first. I want to read my essay first. <laughs> well, look, it, it was dead air. You know, somebody had to step in. I think that's like leadership qualities right there. You know, you got to let the air breathe like you just got to let it breathe. You should let know that. Breathe. Let it breathe. Yeah, let it breathe a little bit. OK, next time you want to redo it. <laughs> no, no, we're keeping we're keeping this we're keeping this all in. Keeping this all in. Ramir, any any 39s that come to mind for you? Um fine took mine. I, I was thinking of Dwight Howard, but that that was that was pretty much it. It's 39 right. is a obscure number. It's an odd, it's an odd number. An odd, odd number. Uh before we get into things, we'll remind you once again that we are thrilled to have Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers as a sponsor of the scoop. If you've been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was someone else's fault, the insurance company will not be on your side. You need us, Temple Law grads, who will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win. In Pennsylvania or New York, call us today at 215-261-7359. It's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law.com. It's greenspans-law.com. Very happy to have them as our sponsor of the scoop let's get into some basketball guys we do have a little bit of football talk in the mailbag we'll save that for the mailbag again every week i feel like we're going to have some more updates for you guys as it pertains to the roster as adam fisher and his staff continue to build and shape and reshape this roster um some of the biggest news this week is that temple did officially lose zach hicks to the transfer portal they gained matteo piccarelli out of UMBC, had another official visitor on campus in Dylan, Ade Wusu from St. John's, and uh, potentially another one on the way uh, in terms of official visit in Will Johnston, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, let's react first to um, what it means for Temple to not have Zach Hicks coming back. We got a mailbag question about him later on that we'll get to, and we'll talk more about 
why he's not coming back. But uh, simple question, guys. What, what does this mean for, for Adam Fisher and the program to not have Zach Hicks coming back? Missing Beyond the, six, the obvious seven, stuff. Missing a 6-7 guy that can play the three and the four, can rebound. When you want to go small, he can stretch defenses out. Uh, career 36% shooter from three at Temple. Uh, could use a lot of help putting the ball on the deck and scoring inside the arc. That's no secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I kind of hope that Mike Rhodes and, and the staff up there don't plan on using him as a stretch four in the Big Ten because he's, he's too small for that. And, you know, the Big Ten's a big boy conference, basketball and football. There, That's a big boy conference. You, you've got to have some girth to you. Um, so as long as he's staying on, on the wing, he'll be fine. He'll have my boy Ace Baldwin passing the ball. So, I mean, he'll be in positions to score with no problem. Uh, but for Fisher, you know, that's a guy that Fisher was recruiting while still at Penn State. And once he got to Temple, uh, he would have fit in perfectly to Fisher's plans, would have been able to be that small ball four, would have been able to be a traditional 3 and D guy. Uh, so we'll see. I know – you know, I was talking to Jeff Hicks. He said he wanted Zach to go, you know, to the best place that would develop him and let him diversify his catalog. Zach has to put in the offseason work to do that. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, but, yeah, no more Zach Hicks. You lost your, your best shooter of the past two years. Mm-hmm. Who becomes the best shooter on the team now? Lord have mercy. Uh I guess Picarelli. I mean, listen, I mean, the tail can shoot. I, so I, I went on I'll Be Back this week. Shout out Sean McGady, great podcast host. Um, and I was telling him when I was doing my research on Picarelli, uh, you know, to follow the, the, the breaking news piece uh, for the Enquirer. So he shot 39.4% from beyond the arc. So I'm like, let me go see where that ranks in the America East Conference. Like 39.4 is high. That's you got to be top five. It was top 12 in the America East. So either they don't play defense on the perimeter <laughs> in that conference or that's just a league of shooters. But either way, Picarelli is one of them. So mm-hmm. Temple will be glad to have him. I think as of now, but it's him, Zion Stanford, and, and Deuce Roberts on the roster as the only guys I trust to take the three-point shot. Don't trust Hysir Miller to take it. Jalil White can't. Tosh Sweet damn sure can't. Manuel <laughs> can't. What about Shane Dazoni? Shane Dazoni. I'll throw him in there. So that's four who can shoot it. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's what? A point guard. Picarelli's a combo guard. Shane's a two guard. Deuce is a combo guard. So now it's time to start getting some wings in, into the lineup because they're mighty small right now. Mm-hmm. Anything else, guys? Yeah, I think just to echo everything Javon said, it stinks. You know, no question about it. That's somebody that, like you said, fit like a glove into Fisher's offense. Um, and now it just makes his job a little bit harder because now you have to develop those shooters because now you don't really have that guy on, you know, that can be tall enough uh, on the perimeter to really stretch the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing really to add to that other than you're absolutely correct, Javon. And It'll be interesting to see who they can go out and, and replace that talent with. Speaking of fish, I feel like I can't go a day on campus without seeing them. Like, this is my first day back on campus in about a week and some change. 
and boom, I see him. Like every every day since he's gotten the job, I feel like I've seen him on campus. So he's very it's very visible. Where'd you see him? Uh on the sidewalk by Richie's and all that good jazz. Did you say what's up? Yeah, I dapped him up and everything. Nice. Look at you. You can tell he's you can tell he's been in the game of basketball <laughs> for a while because he, he doesn't give you the stiff deck. He gives you the soul brother deck, you know. Who has the in that in that can confirm. With everybody you're sitting right now, best, best to work, worst handshake slash bro hug. Give me best to worst. I hate to do this to Caden. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, <laughs> he's so okay. at times. Like you don't know if you, you want a fist bump, a, a That's normal true. shake, or you know a soul brother shake. Uh, I'm going to be biased and put Declan. At number two, and put me at number one. Oh yeah, that's valid. I'm cool with that. No, I mean, uh, you know, it makes sense. I'm happy with number two. Yeah, what's understood doesn't have to be explained. Yeah, you know, I got to work on it. No question about it. I, uh, I, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta get practicing. Kaden said, "I'd love, I'd love to give you a hug, but my ATM card is on the ground. I don't have the boots today. That's funny. I should have worn the boots today. You're right." So my Declan combat has, boots. Yeah, Declan has a pair of combat boots, and when he wears them, he's just not to be trifled with. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I'm not to be trifled with anyway, but especially not with the boots on. <laughs> no, sure, sure, not to be trifled with. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Matteo Piccarelli, so again, he's again if uh, if you're an Scoop subscriber, if you're a Temple basketball fan, you know a little bit about him by now. Six foot two, one hundred eighty five pound guard. Out of UMBC, originally from Milan over in Italy, hit 67 threes this past season, shot nearly 40% from beyond the arc, as Javon mentioned. Uh, in our conversation earlier this week, he told me he was recruited by several teams in the portal, including Minnesota, out of the Big Ten, before he chose Temple. Uh, he made a really big improvement from two seasons ago to last season. He went from averaging two and a half points a game and 8.6 minutes per game in his second season to averaging 10.1 points and 22.5 minutes per game. In his third season, um, displayed a little bit more of an ability to put the ball on the floor. Uh, fairly athletic. Again, I mean, it's it's quite easy to see that, that Adam Fisher is prioritizing shooters and prioritizing uh, splitting, uh, excuse me, spreading the floor. Um, again, if you're an Scoop subscriber, you had the chance to, to listen to that full interview that I had with him earlier this week. This is a clip of Matteo Piccarelli talking about his visit to Temple and part of what what drew him into uh, committing? He announced his verbal commitment uh, this past Monday. Recording this on a Friday, so he went in for an official visit to Temple this past weekend. And here's Matteo Piccarelli talking about his visit to Temple, what was important to him, and uh, what he liked about the campus. Temple is a program with with a lot of history, a lot of tradition. Just that, you know, is 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 an honor to be talking to such a program, you know. And then, you know, I, I've, I've talked to Coach Fisher right from the start. You know, I um, I think I fit the way the way he wants to play um, and what he was looking for. And you know, I got to meet meet him and the staff in person on my visit, and I, I thought, you know, um, I really want to be a part of this. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, I loved I loved campus, loved getting to know them and you know, I I just you know, I just really felt like like I wanted to be to be a part of this. All right. So again, a reminder that you can get that full interview if you are a subscriber at alscoop.com. Again, a reminder that uh Dylan Adewusu uh took a, a midweek official visit as Kyle Gauss first reported. Uh there's more, uh much more 
in terms of updates uh, on the message board in terms of who else they're involved with. So again, it's another reason to subscribe. We mentioned him, uh, six foot four, 235 pound guard, averaged 9.3 points, 4.4 rebounds this past season at St. John's got even better uh, as he entered the starting lineup. He had a season high 25 points in uh, a loss to Marquette. Uh, if Temple gets him, uh, it's it's an if at this point. How does he fit in? Same same way as Piccarelli. I mean, slightly different player, a little bit bigger, a little bulkier, but another guy who can just handle the ball and shoot it. To yeah, he'll it be off the ball more than Piccarelli. Uh, yeah, and it's just going to be another guy to shoot some threes. Him and Shane Dizoni will kind of play the same role next year in that offense. I mean, they've got similar frames, 6'4 guys, a little stocky. Uh, but like I said, it just goes back to my point of who's going to be on the wing. There, I, There's – Zion Stanford's the only wing on this team right now. When I say a wing, I mean a guy who can play both the two and the three. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy on the team who can do that. I think Jalil White, with his inability to shoot, has proven he's got to be a Ben Simmons-type power forward. Uh, Taj Thweet. I'm just going to come out and say it. Taj Thweet's not a basketball player. He's an athlete. He's going to be spending time on the interior, just dunking the ball and grabbing rebounds. That's it. So him and Oak Pomo are the two I classify as the two centers on the team. Uh, with Taj being 6'7", with... though. It's college basketball. Yeah. 6'7", Oscar Sheboy's out there. Um, Joel Suriano is not mm-hmm. – what is he, 6'9"? I guess that's a little different. But, you know, there's some six seven guys out there. Um, So, you know, Taj and Ema will – be those centers. Jalil will be, you know, defensively a power forward, but he's going to need the ball in his hands to be effective on offense. Outside of that, there's not another guy on this roster that can play the power forward. I know Fisher was talking about, you know, this positionless basketball stuff, but as I said that week, you know, can't play with that fire too much because you'll get burned very, very quickly. I do not expect Unless, you know, something comes out of this portal. I do not expect Temple to be good on the boards this year, well, in 23-24, or uh, at protecting the rim. I think paint's going to be free game for opponents. Well, another question for you guys, too, is we're talking about this. So, and again, just a reminder, another good reason to subscribe to Al Scoop. Again, if you check out our basketball message board, a couple other updates there in terms of who they're involved with, what other schools are involved with the players that they are recruiting in the portal. Again, we don't want to give away all the names here on the pod. We want to, you know, reward our, our subscribers in some ways for, for choosing to subscribe. But again, the couple of names we're mentioning here, some, not all of them, but some shorter guys, you know, Adewusu, 6'4", 235. So he's a little, a little bit bigger. Um, if they did bring in a guy like a, like a, a Will Johnston, he's 6'3", but it's not necessarily, again, it's still sort of early. Again, I think we talked about this last week. Fans might feel like it's not early. It feels like an eternity since they, to them, since they hired Adam Fisher. But there's still time in the portal to build out this roster. But it's not like a, a team of a, a ton of six seven six eight guards with a ton of length. Uh, this is as currently constructed, and I say currently to emphasize that, little bit of a smaller spread the floor guard heavy 
type of team, this might sound like a simple question, but how much emphasis does this place on Jaleel White, A, staying healthy, keeping his shoulders healthy, and B, being that, hey, he has to be that that guy that locks down one or one of, or at least the best opposing score on that on you know on the other team. I mean, the you know, I think that that Piccarelli is a little bit, you know, people are saying, oh, is he similar or different to Brendan Barry? I think he's a little bit of a better athlete than Brendan Barry. But he is on the on the on the shorter side. Will Johnson's on the shorter side. Jaleel, how much emphasis now does this put on him from a from a defensive point of view? Javon, you mentioned, yeah, he does need to have the ball in his hands a little bit more to be more effective. He seemed more comfortable two two seasons ago as opposed to this past season. How valuable does he become to this team now? Not that he wasn't before as a defender, given the way this team looks right now. Yeah, like I said, he's the only guy on the roster who can play the four. He's the only guy who can match up with, you know, the, the, the second big fella, as I like to call it. So he's got to get those shoulders healthy, number one. But like I said, offensively, he needs the ball in his hands to be effective. But that's you, you that can't be the case. It can't be either you have the ball in your hands or or that's it for you. Like, he's got to develop something of a jump shot. Uh, like, come on, you're Jalil's 20, 21 at this point. You've been playing basketball for far too long, and you're at the Division One level, and you're not even 6'10", like Buddy. There's no excuse not to have a jump shot at this point in your life. It's simple and plain. So at some point, that needs to be an emphasis. You know, this offseason, that needs to be all Fisher, Clark, Jordan, and Huger are, are doing with Jalil. Like, you're on the ball machine. And you're not leaving the gym until you make 500 shots. It needs to be 100 from each spot on the perimeter. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm not even having them shoot college threes. I'm having them shoot NBA threes. Like It's that simple. You've got to learn how to be a shooter or else you're just ineffective. And there's no reason for you whatsoever at this stage in your basketball life not to have a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Another shooter, again, we mentioned earlier, Will Johnston, Mentioned him a, f- a few minutes ago, a few moments ago on the pod here again. Uh, in the transfer portal out of UT Rio Grande Valley, he's a six foot three guard originally from Sydney, Australia. Uh, after his one season there, uh, he's familiar with Pennsylvania, went to the Perky Open School, uh, played a prep season there, then played at, at South Georgia Tech, which is a, a junior college down in, tra- um, down in uh, Georgia. Two seasons there. His past season is one season at UT Rio Grande Valley. Again, 14.5 points, 3.6 assists per game, shot almost 44% from three. So he can shoot it. Um, he told me he's picking up some interest from ACC, SEC, and Pac-12 programs. Um, I'm going to play a clip here from my interview with him uh, earlier this week, uh, just talking about you know his, his relationship with Temple so far and why he's interested in Temple. So we'll play this clip for you here. Adam Fisher and um, Coach Clark as well, you know, and really going along with them. I love how they um, talk about family and preach that. That's very important to me when it comes to, um, you know, um, you know, playing basketball. Because I think that's a key component to winning, and that's something I really like about this school. What is it they like about your game? Obviously, you can shoot, you've played, you handle the ball. What is it they, they told you that they like about your game? Well, they obviously like, you know, I feel like they – what draws the attention is, you know, the scoring and the passing, that kind of stuff. It's like I'm a point guard that can, you know, also be aggressive and score. But um, I think my intangibles is something that they, they like a lot. Me to step in and be a leader right away. 
you know, um, I'm an unselfish teammate, I'm a hard worker. I think some of those intangibles are some, something that they liked and, you know, I see that in them as well. So there's a mutual interest between us two. So again, as I mentioned before, just a reminder, if you subscribe to Alscoop.com, get the full access to that interview, the full story there. Um, and again, yet another shooter, another shooter again, but we know that Temple went through multiple, multiple shooting stretches, particularly in late game situations. Again, this is a very incomplete roster, but um, we'll keep you updated. Of course, uh, we, we broke the news about um, him being interested in Temple uh, earlier this week. So again, you can get the full uh, full scope of the interview at alscoop.com. But again, another potential guy who's a shooter. Again, if you go to our basketball message board, you'll get a couple more couple more names there but like Javon said rebounding and again there could be a couple of developments and there will be I'm sure but um they're losing some rebounding either losing some rebounding with Zach with Zach being gone rebounding as currently constructed is going to be a challenge defense is going to be a challenge but still a very much a developing roster here so we'll go mention this really quick. Uh, do you have uh, a football recruiting story up on the site? And we'll have more on the way. Johnny Zwizlak talked to Bryson Goodwin from Jesuit High School down in Tampa. Of course, that is where uh, Temple has been doing um, a lot of recruiting, a fair amount of recruiting. So again, if you're an Alice, that's uh, Joe Quest Smith as Joe Quest Smith. Modern, school. Yeah. So and uh, a few other recruiting targets down in Florida that we dropped uh, on the football message board earlier this week that you can. Uh, check out there again. We'll have more football recruiting coverage. Actually, uh, as we're recording this, Kyle mentioned on Twitter, uh, FIU transfer Lindell Hudson started 12 games for FIU this year. He's on his way to Temple for an official visit. So again, seems very apparent that, you know, even though they brought in a couple of guys when the 2023 class, Chris Weezahan still recruiting, still recruiting to that, uh, to that offensive line and trying to beef it up there bring in some depth. Uh, got a pretty full mailbag that we'll get to here because a lot of what's in the mailbag here, as we've been saying over the last several weeks, uh, it's stuff that that you guys want to uh, want to hear about here. First one comes from New England Al. Who are the candidates for the support staff roles? Um, we'll have some information for you there. New England Al, you're a subscriber. Um, despite what's out there, you know, it, you could end up seeing maybe potentially uh, a former Temple player in one of those roles, as opposed to an AAU coach. Uh, not to say that uh, Adam Fisher would be ruling out AAU coaches there, but uh, he could bring in somebody for a player development role that can be on the practice floor and work with guys. We'll have uh, more information there. Uh, Mike TB31, uh, again on the basketball board. Do you think Temple will add a GM position like the real basketball school? So he's referring to Temple hiring Baker Dunleavy, uh, who left the head coaching position, right? Left, left Quinnipiac. Yeah, Villanova right? hiring Baker Dunleavy. Right? Yeah. Who? What did I say? You said Temple hiring Baker Dunleavy. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Villanova <laughs> hiring Baker Dunleavy as a general manager, and Baker's just going to literally be. Yeah, he left his job um, at what? Quinnipiac, right? Yeah, Quinnipiac. Yeah. So Mike TB31 is asking, do you think Temple will add a GM position like the real basketball school? Who well, got a couple of things here. When you say real basketball schools, the, the GM position is something that's like relatively new. Fairly new. Yeah. Every it's not like every school out there has one. Do I think Temple will? I don't know that they will anytime soon. Do I think they should? Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I, I'm all for 
student athletes getting compensated for their name, image, and likeness, but let's not make, let's not make any mistake about it. It's, it's free agency out there. It's definitely free agency. And the reason that Villanova is adding a position like that is, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that Baker Dunleavy is going to be working with Villanova's collective and keeping tabs on how much money they need to bring in players. And it's, it's getting crazy. It's, it's, you know, right now that player is Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know, again, it's not like we've been covering his recruitment, but the, the numbers that are being thrown around, whether they're true or not, are absolutely insane and, and good for him, but it's free agency right now. I don't know how sustainable this all is, uh, but you know, I, I think it's something that if schools want to win, it's, I'm not saying it's, it doesn't come down to some coaching and, and chemistry building and stuff, but it is what it is now. The the portal and name, image, and likeness have turned this into the Wild West. So um, I think it's something they should consider. I don't know. Any thoughts on this, guys? Yeah, I think it is something you consider. Like Johnny mentioned, coaching and all that stuff matters. But when you can't, you know, have that person in place that can tell, you know, the value for some of these NILs. You mentioned, Javon, like Hunter Dickerson from Villanova. I think that's the way college basketball is going and how teams are going to win. It's like you said, John, kind of like free agency and you know, whoever thought it was really going to get there. But, you know, if you're able to outspend programs and out get those players that, you know, you know, that you want and because you have more money or because you're able to do that, I think it's going to make you more successful. And I think in the long run, we're going to see the teams that have, you know, those positions, you know, might end up winning more games. And I think it's reasonable to say that. I'm just going to say this right here. Paying to win does not always work. Mm-hmm. In any college sport, I watched Jimbo Fisher spend a boatload of money last season <laughs> for AM to be, uh, excuse my French here, but this is Caden's favorite word dog shit. They're bad. The SEC West last season. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, they we, were, they were a huge disappointment. Yeah. So, spending money does not always translate to wins. And I, I, I want to throw in there, but Stan Drayton got the job at Temple. He said something that very very much spoke to me. you got to be careful with the portal because everyone in there is in there for a reason. They've all got their own little something to it. Um, And with NIL being a thing now, that something more often than not now is going to be, I care about going somewhere for the money mm-hmm. and not to actually win. I want to go get paid and boost my NBA draft stock and not care about what you've got going on. And I, I, I won't say any names, um, but I can think of a few guys where that's the descriptor. Uh, and I mean, we report around here, we've got sources. We hear about the money being thrown at people left and right. It's it's ridiculous. I don't think Temple is a big enough school to prioritize the GM position. I say that from a standpoint of if we're being honest, I think Temple is at the point now where you use NIL for retention, where it's you go recruit the old-fashioned way and get guys on campus, and then that NIL money needs to be, hey, buddy, I know you got some offers, but here's something we can do to help you out. Mm-hmm. Take a hometown discount to show some loyalty to us. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think you need a GM position for that. I really don't. And I, I'd kind of be opposed to it because it, it goes against, number one, everything Arthur Johnson has told us he wants to instill at Temple. And number two, it's just not college basketball. And if if you need, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds on your team that are worried about negotiating money, 
rather than being the best basketball player they can be. I don't know what to tell you. And a lot of these old heads you're going to see in these next few years, yeah, I'm not negotiating with some kid. Like, they need me more than I need them. I can go get another guy with the same amount of upside and not have to spend the time. Can they? Can they? Yes. Yes. If you got actual basketball coaches on your team, yeah, absolutely. How many guys are waiting for a shot? Like, there's so many guys at the JUCO level or at the low major division one level that could plug and play to more power six schools than people think and show off and like show up, show out and show off. I, I, I don't think a GM's needed. I'm, I'm not a fan of anywhere this NIL stuff is headed. Uh, tampering is through the roof. Mm-hmm. The, the, the portal, just all of it is bad. And, uh, you know, NCAA's, uh, you know, new president was on Temple's campus. I actually ran into him and Arthur Johnson on Pollock Vault uh, and Charlie Baker. Uh, talked to them for a little bit. Just, hey, how you doing? All that good jazz. Listen, Mr. Charlie, you got some work to do. You you got to create some type of regulation because, uh, yeah, it, it's it, – I, I would call it the Wild Wild West, but, you know, I was reading the On3 article the other day, and, and Andy Carl with a tough one. He was like, no, it's not even the wild, wild west. It's just the west. You've got to adapt mm-hmm. to the new ways, adapt or die. Which yeah. yeah. I don't know how much I buy into it. I really don't. I, mm-hmm. This is just not the way it's supposed to be. I never thought NIL was the way it's supposed to be anyway. I always thought revenue sharing was the avenue to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see what this turns into mm-hmm. over the next three, four, five years. Go around the horn on this next one here. The the screen name is Kaleem Goodman from the message board. Of the guys currently on the roster, who do you think will benefit the most from Adam Fisher's plan to space the floor with efficient three-point shooters? I mean, I think it I think it would have been Zach Hicks, but Zach Hicks is off to Penn State now. So we, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but who would benefit most from this now? Ilio. I think having a guy like him run the floor or on run point, excuse me, run point, and just have shooters surrounding him, I think it opens up his game. And He's shown the ability to play make a little bit, or at least from mm-hmm. what I saw. So it, I think it allows him to take the next step in his game or at least be serviceable on the offensive end without having a jump shot or while he's continuing to develop a jump shot. Like if you have more space to operate. Yeah. It'll be more spread out for him to get to the lane and, mm-hmm. and play his bully ball. So I'm, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think Piccarelli, too, because I think Piccarelli now becomes, if not the top option on the outside, at least one of the two. He now will benefit not only from playing more minutes than he did at UMBC, but uh, getting the ball in his hands more as well. Uh, And we saw that he was an efficient shooter down there. He's going to get more opportunities to get more shots off and get more, you know, chances at making him in. I think he is going to look a lot different than he did in his time there. And if he can really be as efficient as he was, that could be good for him too. Well, yeah, he's going to want think, to look more the same too. Just shoot the hell out of the ball, come off screens and then do that type of thing. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to, it's tough because you look at the roster currently outside of, you know, the player that they just added. I don't think they have many options that are really, you know, reliable shooters yet. You mentioned Shane DeZoni and Deuce Roberts can maybe develop into that, but I haven't seen it at this level. And, you know, once they get there, 
I think that could help. I think a guy like Heister Miller will get better this year. I think he had, was up and down. He's got to finish around the run better, make more of his threes. But I think, you know. He's got to make open passes, too. Open passes, yeah. yeah. Yes, the mm-hmm. whole whole nine yard. But I think he, you know, with this system, you know, I think it will make things a little easier on him if, you know, it's allowed moving the ball around. I think Heister will get better at the point this year because of Adam Fisher. I, I do want to throw in, you know, I'm seeing Mateo Picarelli is committed. I'm seeing Will Johnson will be on campus soon. Last month, I called this. I said Temple needs to go out <laughs> he, and get at least two white guys. We're gonna bring I'm this. Just up. Saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm this stuff up. <laughs> Not to pat myself on the back or anything. Javon, I was thinking about that. that. I was thinking you know, about that. Adam Fisher this week. clearly sees things the way I see them. <laughs> um. The next question here comes to screen name The Hick. The Hick, sometimes uh, we love him. He's a longtime subscriber, but sometimes he asks mailbag questions as if we are Adam Fisher and we're not We're not Adam Fisher. But uh, I kind of rephrased this one a little bit, and it, we've kind of already answered it. What have been Coach's priorities as he moves into the big chair? I think we just answered it. It's spreading the floor, getting shooters, you know. Um, and again, we'll see more. We'll see more. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have a uh, sit-down one-on-one with Adam Fisher at some point soon. Want to give that a little bit more time as he continues to to flesh out his his new roster here. But I mean, that's off the court, I was going to add off the court, uh, mm-hmm. making Temple more visible and making yeah, yeah, fans. no, that's a good point, very yeah. good point. Being present, trying to like increase engagement has been big, especially on social media too. Yes, yeah, yeah, and again, like, does that does that tangibly win games not necessarily but if you do become more more accessible and people are like oh that's the basketball coach i know him i like him yeah maybe you put more fans in the seats obviously nothing changes that more than winning we're not idiots we know that but it can inject a little bit of juice into a program and maybe it does create a little bit more fan engagement so that's a very good point javon um next question here comes from temple j okay this is the interesting one was hicks's decision to transfer about crime as has been mentioned elsewhere or just time to move on. So, no, yeah, no. J- Jeffrey Jeff Hicks, Zach's father, did say on Twitter, um, yeah. And again, you, all you need is a social media account or the internet to look at it. Yes, he mentioned crime. We're not going to give away the whole message here, but the tough fun Temple's Collective does have a presence on our Al Scoot message board, and a representative from you know from the tough fund was fairly open about his conversations with the Hicks family. And look, I'm not look good for Zach Hicks. Been nothing but great to me. Wish his family well. He got a good NIL opportunity and a good opportunity at Penn State. I do think I say this all the time when it comes to recruiting. Nobody truly, truly, truly knows what's on Zach Hicks's mind other than Zach Hicks himself. But I, I gotta be honest with you, I think it's a tad disingenuous to say that Zach Hicks left Temple because of crime. I think that is uh I, I I don't know. I, I just think that's disingenuous. Let's we let's we owe it to our our listeners uh, and our subscribers to to be honest here. Again, wish him the best. Hope he'll do well at Penn State. He's a great kid, but you know NIL opportunities had a lot to to do with this. To say he left specifically because of crime. Again, if you're an AlScoop.com subscriber, this came up on our message board, and you can read all about it. Again, I don't want to give all that away, but no. And aside from that, I mean, I. I talk to Jeff at least twice a week. Out of all the reasons that he's mentioned mm-hmm. since Zach entered the portal, that reply to my tweet was the first time he's ever mentioned the crime around mm-hmm. the campus. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
I'll leave it at that. Like you said, uh, you know, best of luck to Zach up there in Happy Valley. He he's gonna have some fun playing with those boys. Yeah. Uh, next question here. The the screen name is dblaze seventy five. Another one of our longtime subscribers. Coach Fish wanted three point shooters, and he got one in Piccarelli. What odds do you place on Al's on the Al's getting Johnston, meaning Will Johnston? He can't say fifty percent. Who, who's the staff likely targeting that can rebound the ball and defend down low? Second question there, D Blaze. Um, don't have anything super super reliable for you right now. I don't believe in throwing names out there without it being well sourced. They've been. Uh, I'm sure they're looking at some forwards. No names that I feel comfortable putting out there just yet in terms of odds on will johnston and if i can't say 50 percent i'll hedge this it's i'll say 55 60 percent again he's got some power five schools looking such at a him. cop out john <laughs> Whoa. okay 60 percent 60 percent i look i i talked to him i talked to him earlier this week he, again if you are an al scoop subscriber you can listen to the interview um Seem pretty high on Temple, but again, he's got some other power fives in the mix. So I think their chances are better than 50% in getting him. I don't think they're sub 50%. So I don't, know. I don't think that's a cop out right here. I still yeah, love you and everything, but more. I love Ramir. Don't don't try love to create too, chaos here. Vaughn's <laughs> <laughs> trying to create chaos in, in Kyle's absence. So I'll say I'll say 60%, but that is I don't want to say meaningless. Again, I, I get teased all the time for saying this. Things are fluid with, with covering recruiting, and I hate that. It sounds like such a cliche. But again, if you listen to the interview, if you're an Alscoop subscriber, take a listen. You can draw your own conclusions from there. GLMPA is the next screen name. Uh, good to hear about the uptick in listeners. He mentioned that because I mentioned that our listenership is up by 30% from where it was a year ago. So again, shout out to all of you. As podcast subscribers, greatly, greatly appreciate it. We always have fun engaging with you guys, so really appreciate that. So he has a two-part question here. This is football-related. Number one, how likely is it that Antoine Smith will remain on the staff? Number two, how important is it that we are able to get an experienced quarterback to add to the three on the roster? So by now, I you know, we but, skip straight to number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Wait, look, I'll say this. Charges have not formally been filed against, against Antoine Smith. We, that's nothing that... People wouldn't know by looking around on the internet. Uh, I'm sure that's an ongoing investigation that will have to play itself out. For us to just sit here and guess is just kind of irresponsible. I mean, is it? Yeah. All I know, like you said, no, there's no formal charges. There's no police reports with Antoine Smith's name on it. Period. Out of all the allegations and accusations, there's no police reports. I mean, uh, is it is it a good thing that it's that is it a positive development right now? No, of course it's not. Of course yeah. it's not. But we just have to, I, I know this sounds like a boring answer, but we have to be responsible and say, we just literally have to see how it plays out. How important is it that Temple get an experienced quarterback to add to the three on the roster? I mean, we, we've we've talked about this before in previous episodes. So we obviously know that, that EJ, Smith, EJ Smith, EJ Smith is our friend who works <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, shout out to EJ, who just visited the Temple News a couple weeks ago. So who's a damn yes. fine reporter. It was awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, EJ Smith makes his way into the pot. EJ Warner, uh, we know is is you know barring any sort of unforeseen circumstances, is entrenched as as Temple starter. And you've got you know we'll see if Quincy Patterson made some discernible improvements in in the offseason. We know they struggled throwing the ball, but we'll we'll see. And Tyler Douglas comes in as as a mid year and flashed a little bit in the you know we talked about it. I think we talked about it last week. You know made a nice move. 
in the spring game, you know, Ramir, you said last week, it's that you kind of equate the, the cherry and white game to the, to the preseason. It's not about necessarily what, whether teams are winning or what they're doing. You're, you're looking for flashes and there were some times where he looked like he belonged, but he's young um, to add that experienced quarterback to the roster. Is it important? Sure. Um, who that guy is yet? I don't know. They've had a couple of guys on their list. Uh, they didn't, they, they just hosted somebody a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Yes. Wish and, I could um, remember the name. Uh, yeah. And his name is currently escaping me. It was a Purdue kid, right? Was the kid from Purdue? Was um, it? We, we, we'll, we'll double check that. Yeah. GLP. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting the guy's name. But I think the interesting thing is going to be who is that guy that you bring in? Because anybody who's coming in is going to say, okay, I'm looking at the roster. Anybody who's going to make a move in the portal or wherever, if they're coming out of high school, they're going to say, okay, at least, and you take this on a year by year basis. So for the at least the next year, EJ Warner is the starter. They like this kid, Tyler Douglas. He's young. Even if you're like a third or fourth year player in college, Tyler Douglas at least has a semester longer in that offense thing than you do, even though he's young, even though it, in a normal circumstances, he'd still be at Ocean Township High School in New Jersey right now. And then you've got Quincy Patterson. So is adding experience QB important? Sure, it's important in the sense that you need somebody to, I think, maybe push, you know, sharpen a kid like Tyler and, and push a kid like like Quincy Patterson. And impart some wisdom on EJ. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. never a bad thing. You know, young yeah. young guys need vets. And yeah, that's probably the, also, most yeah, the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also like you look at the roster. I'm s I can't say Temple has three quarterbacks. Like Christian Patterson <laughs> looks better during the spring game. <laughs> but I'm going off what you showed me in in, in twelve, you know, a twelve game season mm-hmm. in twenty twenty two. And it showed me you cannot play the quarterback position. So either way. Temple needs another quarterback. It, it yeah. has to be somebody who knows that you're coming in here to, to sit a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for all my Blue Mountain State fans, you know, Alex Moran, a guy who's got some talent, but is perfectly fine with perfectly fine with being a backup quarterback. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Caden just did his research. Who, who, what's the guy's name? Kaden? Mike Lamo from Purdue. I th- yeah. I saw he was on Temple, I guess, a visit, or he at least had the photo on his Twitter on April 2nd. So. Yeah, that's right. It was earlier this month. I think the sell is, I guess what I'm getting at more is like, what's the, like, I think the, of course, any staff will say, hey, competition's king, iron sharpens iron, pick your cliche. You can say whatever you want to a kid on a, on a visit, whether he's a, uh, a high school kid or a, a guy out of the portal. Um, I think, Javon, you might have, you might have hit on the key thing. Like, hey, we need somebody to kind of, Look, we know that if if you do any sort of research on EJ Warner, you know he's a, he's a a film junkie. He's in the facility constantly. He has a great mentor in his father. He has an experienced offensive coordinator in Danny Langsdorf, who's been all over the country. But hey, in terms of being able to maybe compete, you know, you might be looking at a year down the road. You know, like again, a year at a time. You're competing with DJ. You're competing with Tyler Douglas. How do you convince a guy to come in and be like that? that sort of elderly voice of wisdom, uh, like a mix of a guy who can impart some wisdom and a guy that's got some playing experiences. I think it's sort of like a refined search for that guy is what I'm saying. So I, I would imagine, again, this is ongoing. Temple just, you know, a couple more guys. Uh, Quezzy Evans is out. Who else is leaving? Who else decided they were leaving this week? 
Jim Tobedegu. Yeah, Jim Tobedegu, a guy that the previous staff was high on at one point. So again, the roster is, I don't want to say far from being settled. I mean, it's mostly settled, but who that person is, I agree, GLMPA. I think it's yeah, I think it's fairly important. Who that person is, I think it's kind of like a refined search, uh, if that if that makes sense. Uh, Mike TB31 back with a football question. Where are we looking for? What are we looking like with the portal opening up? I know coach, they are looking for another QB, but do we even have many scholars to fill? Declan took such issue with this. It, it must be Declan's first day on the job. Scholarly is a common, common term for scholarship, but he put that in the, he put that in the script. He said, please don't say this. It must be my first. I've never heard that before. I was very confused. You've never heard somebody say scholarly? No, definitely not. I like it though, kind of. It's growing on me. Yeah, thank you, Declan. You couldn't tell about what you were saying. It's growing on me. Do we even have any scholarships to fill at the twenty incoming freshmen? Yes, they have some scholarships to fill. Again, like like we just mentioned, we they the Quasi Evans gone, Jim Tua Obadegu gone. And I'm sure those won't be the only two that hit the portal. Yeah, and again, like I think this, I can't remember when Mike TB. 31 posted this question. It might have been a little before, a little after. Any rumblings of players after the spring game that are looking to leave the team? Jim, too, and, and Quezzy Evans might be a couple to to throw out there. And, again, at one point, uh, they really, a couple couple years ago, a couple staffs ago, they were excited about Quezzy Evans from from uh, from Javon's neck of the woods, Baltimore kid, uh, Jim, too, Obadegu, another guy from, he's a D.C. kid, right? Jim, too, isn't, didn't he play at one of those schools around D.C.? Oh, uh, um, let me check. I know, I think Quasi Evans is from St. Francis, right? Is he a St. Francis guy? Uh, let me double check because last both time I, I think they're checked, both from that area. But yeah, I mean, those are two. Yeah, St. Francis guy. Yeah, right there. St. Francis. Those are two right there. And again, like, and we've talked about this. This is nothing new anywhere. You have a spring game. You have the spring season. Coaches sit down with these guys. Here's where you were at the beginning of the spring. Here's where you are now at the at the end of the spring. Here's where here's what things are looking like for you. Even if coaches say we don't have an official formal, formal depth chart, they could say, here's how things are looking for you heading into preseason camp. And yeah, guys are smart to assess things and say, do I have a real chance to play significant snaps here? If not, now's my, my time. So those are the two names we would throw out there. So Jim told went to Archbishop Carroll. Yes. Not yeah, to be confused so. with the Archbishop Carroll out in Radnor, the Archbishop Carroll in DC. So uh, we do have another one here from Berkshire Al uh, from the basketball board. What do you what do you all know regarding Deuce Roberts's potential? So they like his athleticism. You know, I mean, like I think Aaron alluded to this earlier in the season. He said he went home for a little bit, kind of had like the homesick blues or whatever he called it. Um, good athlete, strong kid, still coming around as a shooter. I mean, he's not like it's not like they redshirted a guy who is just shooting, you know, at some sort of prolific clip. His shots got to come around. Um so that's what I could tell you about his potential. We'll know more about we'll know more about what what Deuce Roberts can do uh, in the coming weeks. As you all know, he was an under recruited kid. They, he was a late take for them um, from down in Missouri. Uh, can't say he's a knockdown shooter just yet. Maybe he'll be more of a we, facilitator. We've seen him in practice. He's definitely got the ability to shoot. I think Deuce Roberts can play from what yeah, we've seen. Yeah, I do too. I don't, It's not like he has, like, I know this is kind of common to say, it's not like he has a broken-looking shot. It just needs some work. I don't know if he'll ever be, like, a, a 40% three-point shooter, but that's the the little that we know about his potential now. But, hey, he's probably going to get a chance to play some minutes. So, anyway, that will do it for this week. Thank you all so much, again, for the support. Listenership is up. Could not do without you. A big thank you to um, to our Scoop sponsors, Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. Thank you to Ramir 
Declan, Caden, and Javon for being with me for another episode of The Scoop, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.